Blog Talk Radio. Pagans Tonight Radio, the voice of the pagan world, featuring the man with all the questions that some don't want you to hear. Called the most dangerous person you will ever listen to, the ever-curious digital pioneer, Ed the Pagan. So tonight, I want to thank you for all listening to us. This is the end of the second week of us returning to Pagans Tonight Radio on the Blog Talk Radio platform. And I love the Blog Talk Radio platform because it has allowed me to connect in a way that allows me to do a live talking show. And so I'm always very pleased with that. But the truth is, is that the interviews that we have done over the years, and 13, over 13 years, over 6,000 hours, over 3,259 different sessions, has led us to constantly look at how we speak about the world. And so with that, we've always had to utilize this method, which has now gotten us into Apple, Spotify, and to other locations through the RSS feed. But we didn't start out there. In fact, when I started radio, I had to pay $75 an hour to get to terrestrial radio to maybe be heard by maybe 1,000 people, 10,000 people, um, if I were very, very lucky and I had to promote it a lot. Um, the cost per reaching each customer was was astronomical, seven and a half, eight, nine, ten cents per customer, uh, per person. And I said customer because that's what it was considered back then in 1993. And I began in March 1993. And at that time, we used magazine. So that was radio. And we utilized also magazines as a platform and other items. But let me get back all of this up. So my message has been and has carried out through the years since the Parliament of World Religions that the pagan community needed to be better connected on a, on a basis in order to establish itself amongst its peers and other religious energies, other religious groups of the Parliament of Religions. We're now there in 1993, Labor Day weekend. Um, it was very important to us, very important to me, that we were included in this sort of energy. But we weren't. And one of the things I was told at the time is that we weren't in really a religion. We weren't in a, a really a sufficient cult. And I asked the question, of, well, what would, be, what would you consider us to be a serious member of? It says, well, you don't even have 100,000 members. I go, sure we do. The, a census just came out that 135,000 people were called themselves pagan. And they go, not in one group, not in one voice, and certainly not in any unified way. And he pointed out at the time is that pagans, if you ask them, did not see themselves in unity. And that was absolutely true. It was very hard fought. We could make alliances, but we were not in unity. And so that began me on my world's work, which would accumulate in 2018, where we were recognized as a world religion. And our own tradition had more than enough people connected to our witch school pro- projects and everything else. But from that effort, I learned that we had a message. I had a message that paganism and, more importantly, Wicca were important faiths that had moral equivalents to other faiths and that it had a central theme to it that was necessary for the world. And so in order to do so, I had to find ways to communicate to the world. Today we call them platforms. And that's become kind of an interesting idea of it because that came out of the early Internet of GeoCities or Yahoo, AOL, and there were many others who were 
the beginning of creating a platform where you went into it. AOL was especially uh, important. And they called them at the time gated communities. But even while that was happening and we were involved with it, and we had already started a chat, we would, we would move into chat rooms and everything else. We would understand that. But in 1993, um, that parliament set it off. In 1994, I began leadership conferences. And the power of the Internet was shown me by uh, Tamara Sudeligan, um, and who basically utilized the Internet to basically take over an event that I was doing at the time, that I was leading, and tried to form it into an organization and undermine my position uh, greatly. And it was the end of – and she brought about the end of what was called the Pagan Leadership Conferences um, – there would be one more after the, the one that I helped. We have three in one year. And that's when I understood the power of the Internet to get your message across. But it would be a while before I would get there. So I would, we would go out and with, uh, would go out with uh, Reverend Don Lewis and others. We would be making magazines. So magazines became our first platform to speak out. What is a platform? It is a position and a item that you can basically allow the world to communicate and share within it. The magazine was the first way we present so people could write in articles and share their groups with it. At the same time as doing radio, I loved radio and I still do. And obviously if I didn't, I wouldn't be here today. And so we were utilizing radio and magazines to get the message of a larger pagan and that pagans, being a pagan, would be good for you. We would continue this process until 1996, 1997, where we started one, being involved with online. We would do forums. We would do that sort of material. But we got into a group called OneList. OneList was a email newsletter system where you could write a single email, and anyone could sign up for it, and it would send it out. Today, that is considered just good marketing, but back then, that was revolutionary. And so we picked up a lot of names, the Daily Goddess, the Daily News, uh, Spell, um, Daily Spell, and other aspects that would allow us to begin building a message platform through email to continue into the process. Today, email is still the most successful and the best marketing tool you can have. And so I tell people, even if you're on other people's platforms, even if you are utilizing it, make sure you collect your emails. So then we moved on from there to one list, it became e-groups, it became Yahoo groups. Finally, in 2001, we were obviously intuited with so many messages, so we built our first platform, which was an educational platform uh, built by the great Lisa Tewitt, written the first classes by uh, Don Lewis, and um, with me as marketing and financer. And that platform became Witch School, and that is still here today. Uh, that's still amongst us today, and it has been 20 years, and it still continues to be a fantastic platform that we're able to build on and other people were able to build on. What makes a platform important, can it be built on, and can it help others build their groups? And we had moved off GeoCities. That was another great early platform. GeoCities, the fastest growing city in the world, as was, was one called on it. But we had to move off GeoCities because it got crowded, and we built our own platform. I love that platform. And luckily today, we, we still have that platform, though it has changed 
its formation and its purposes in the sense of how it handles its uh, educational purpose. But today you can sign up for classes, 35 free classes, over 130 different courses on there, and still gain access to a Wiccan pagan community. So we would go on with that. And at that early piece between the email groups that our mentors would have and chat rooms, we, this platform will allow people to communicate, to become closer together on a, a local basis, even on a global basis. So the message was, do you want to be a witch? So you want to be a witch. And that is continued today for the Witch School platform. And we learned to teach it. So we also then moved on to Magic TV. Now, Magic TV is very interesting is that we were just a little late to be independent. And we had a motto to it. Um, TV is everywhere. So it, uh, Magic is everywhere. So is TV. Magic is everywhere. So is TV. And this was in 2005. And one of the biggest things that I was seeing at the time is that screens were coming everywhere, that the idea of television was going to transmutate into screens, and screens were emerging everywhere. And today we live in a world of screens. Uh, we carried on our phone. We carried on everything. So we were building a platform so we could post videos of our own and others on there. Sound familiar? We gave up the project to be one of the earliest YouTube users. So we moved on to YouTube with our video, and it was a great platform, which we are continuing on today, which we have thousands, I mean, over 4,000 different episodes, which allowed us to continue to give our message that it's cool to be a pagan, and we're able to utilize that to interview and to do lessons and do classes. So today, video on YouTube continues to be a very important part of our project. And we utilize it. We're on VMO for a little while, too. And we tested some other platforms. And I'll get into that. So we moved into that. Then the thing that we started to see was that social media, which we were like an early social media company, that we would continue on to move on to the next phase, which was the Ning site. Now, the Ning site allowed us to let everybody express themselves on a platform in which they shared. Now, the the Ning site was called Witch School Social. And so we incorporated it into our main site. And we worked on it with that. And today there's still tons and tons of information. It's called the dailyspell.com. We changed the name of it to work on it. And at the same time, we were moving into a world called Facebook. Uh, Facebook, we were moving off MySpace, which we were also on MySpace. Yes, we were. And MySpace was a great place to... to also socialize. Um, and so we've always had this message. But when MySpace went away, we were already getting into Facebook. So Facebook became a very important part of what we did. And our message was still the same. You want to be a witch? We can teach you your education. So we learned to love our message, and we kept arguing our message over and over again. Now we had to transform it into, at first, 420 characters. And at the same time, we were joining on to Twitter, 140 characters, to talk you into coming to our school. So these two platforms helped our platform emerge. Sounds familiar. So you learn to love your message. Today, Twitter is still an important thing, tool, but it's very much useful for what it is. Um, for small messages, kind of identifying things, especially for news, 
whereas Facebook has become everything. Facebook has now emerged as a major, major platform on which we work on, which we have some 30 pages on. We have over a half a million total subscribers across all the pages, including Witch School, The Daily Spell, Pagan World, Magic TV. So it became in and of itself an Internet. And our message continues to be there. We are then we moved on to Instagram. Some of our members moved on to Instagram, which was a set of pictures. So they had to learn another set of skills. And they continue to communicate on Instagram. Now a lot of people didn't like Instagram. And one of the biggest fights I will ever have was when we initiated the Ning site, which was having groups within it, it was very a much. Uh, by Mark Anderson, and he was one of the creators of uh, the Internet, as you know, uh, Mosaic Company. And it was very important. It was very, very much about groups and, and different ways to identify. And what happened was is that a lot of our people didn't want to move off Yahoo groups, even though nobody told them they had to. But we wanted to add this extra layer. And it caused a tremendous fight because people want to stay on the Yahoo groups and things of that, not realizing that those groups would soon disappear in a couple of years and that they were losing coherence and they tried to prevent us from moving on to Ning. And they did a lot of damage at the time. And it was at that time that I learned loving your message was more important than your platform and you had to learn to transform. So today I'm going to go ahead and, and say this about what you want to do. You want to transform your message to match what the marketing of the now is. What is today's marketing? And so your message doesn't ever change, or it can change a little bit if you do so, but your message is what is important. And for me, that has always been the pagan community is greater than it thinks, greater than it believes. I want to provide it education and coherence and cooperative efforts. So constantly, I'm moving towards greater communication. So then we moved on to Facebook, and today we continue to be Facebook. But would that be the end of the changes? Oh, no. We also began to do podcasting. Now, we had already done we done live terrestrial radio from 93 to 95 called Second Chicago Radio. That We stopped that after a little bit of time. Telepathic radio in 98, 99. We then moved onto the internet simultaneously with IRC radio, and we were broadcasting live onto the internet. And that was a, and that was really 2001, 2002, 2003, and that was the beginning of emerging of um, of that sort of community of practicing with IRC room chats, which were huge, and they still exist today, but were huge, and where spend people spent a lot of time, and now. We spent time there, too. So when we began Witch School, on the very first day we started as Witch School, on September 4th, 2001, we'd already built up a lot of energy, and we transferred it to it. And on the first day, we had over 2,000 people sign up. Today, we've had almost 300,000 people register on the site as we continue forward. So we learned to do that. So in 2005, we started Magic TV and moved in February 2006 to Magic TV moves on to the YouTube channel where it remains today. We incorporated that into the Witch School by providing lessons, classes, interviews, and information. In 2009, we got onto Blog Talk Radio. That was 2008, 2009. 
and we were on Blog Talk Radio, and still continue to be on Blog Talk Radio, because it gave us the ability to do uh, to do live communications with an easier, less equipment. You just had to have a telephone connection and a desktop or laptop can run the platform, and that remains true today. Except now you can directly connect to the internet and directly connect to the software. And we've done that today. So what I'm literally doing right now. And so we became that. And we were the first and probably the only one that went seven days a week, nightly, six, seven, eight, you know, five, six, seven days a week for more than a decade of creating information on the internet through podcasting, through call-in shows across the pagan world. And the message was the same. Pagan World is great. We want you to be a part of it. And we continuously provided information. So we moved on to podcasting. We moved on to uh, our social site on Ning. We moved on to our ideology on Facebook. Now, the Ning site has now become older. Not many people use it because Facebook became the dominant force. Instagram, we moved on a little bit, too. We didn't do as well with that. So then the next one we'd move into, TikTok is the latest one. And people are arguing against that platform, even though it's emerging as a very powerful platform. So you want to utilize that. Um, LinkedIn has become a great social platform for the professional. So if you're a professional tarot reader, you should be on LinkedIn or a psychic, or a consultant, or a coach. You should be on LinkedIn and writing content for that, if that is your movement. And so TikTok, which is 15 seconds to 60 second um, videos, and a great way to communicate, so that you should be doing that. And now there's Clubhouse. Now Clubhouse, is it reminds me so much of the early chat rooms. It's a live, intercommunicative thing. And yes, we have a witch school site there. So we're constantly moving into these sites. And what's emerging next, um, we did have, do Second Life. Now, we didn't do well with Second Life, but today uh, we have a temple, uh, Wild Moon Temple, which does an amazing job on the social, on the Second Life platform. So, and now we have, you know, we have Clubhouse. What's emerging next is VR. There will be VR, AR. And the metaverse. And the metaverse is where the physical and emotional world is done. So one of the things that happened prior to COVID, I was trying to argue and try to create more video through a more live stream. And um, I actually knew what Zoom was before the COVID operation, but not a lot of people understood it. So then as soon as COVID hit, we had to immediately act to get our message out. We went to Zoom and we're still on Zoom. And tomorrow... Uh, we'll be using Zoom to attend lots of events. And one of the events tomorrow is Puget Sound Pagan Pride Day. And you can go ahead and look on Facebook. Um, They have a Facebook page, but they're going to be on Zoom. Zoom is a video meeting recording. And before it was WebEx and GoToMeeting, so that was a very important thing. And we now utilize Zoom to access what I think is the most dynamic thing, social broadcasting. We're now social broadcasters, and what that means is that we are able to broadcast from a central source into multiple platforms that will then distribute for free, mostly, across Facebook, 
uh, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and allow our shows to go out live, and we're able then to store them into the cloud of these platforms so that the message that we have will last there forever. So Zoom has become this larger broadcaster. As Zoom has become this ability to broadcast, not just have meetings or classes, but actually create real shows and host real events. So if we didn't love our message so much and we just loved our platforms, we would have just stuck with Facebook Live as an individual or we would try to do more within those contexts of the frames that we were working in. But because we have this advance forward look, this push forward look, we're able to see it. And I'm telling you now, I'm looking at the various VR platforms that are going to become important. Now, the problem is, is that it takes time and patience to move into these platforms. And you can move your audience. Remember, I told you, collect emails. You move your audience from each of these platforms as they gain. They're gaining strength. And, and you can do that, and you can have a, uh, a powerful message that continues on today. And so you're able to move from platform reflect, collecting emails, marketing directly, because the platform that, you're not, that you don't own, such as a Twitter or a Facebook, you don't own those individuals as, as part of your audience. You're not part of it. Even here on Blog Talk Radio, you may be listening, you may be part of my audience, but you're not really possessed by me. You're not able to, and I'm using these sort of ownership words, and people are Oh, my God, what is he talking about? Ownership and possession. What I mean is the ability to communicate with you directly. The thing that your platforms do is they attract huge amounts of attention. eBay is a sales platform. Etsy is a handcrafting platform. Amazon as a sales platform for anything. These are all platforms that you can utilize. But only by owning your own message and creating and establishing your own position within the, these Shopify is a as a e-commerce platform that we utilize. Only by having your audience know where you're at and continue to have a great message, branding, they some people call it. Some people call it reputation, but what I call it is your message. Is that the only way you're going to hold yourself together across these various platforms? And now we're going to start seeing new platforms emerge, such as VR platforms, AR platforms. Uh, virtual reality platforms, augmented reality forms. Um, and these are going to bring a layer, either of us entering into the cyberspace so we can have full immersion, or some of them is going to be putting a layer of digital information on top of it that when we're looking at. It. So the difference is in augmented reality, you'll have these special glasses, maybe special ears. You'll be walking down the street. You'll be watching everything. It'll be interacting with your world. And all of a sudden, you're suddenly looking, and all of a sudden, one of your friends are standing next to you, and he goes, hey, what's up? Do you want to go see a movie later? And you go, yeah, sure. And they're really not there. They just wanted to you know, kind of see it, and you want to communicate there. They're almost like the hologram. And then you go, okay, great. And then you get home where it's more safe because you can't work. And then you put on your VR glasses, and you and your best friend can watch the same movie, and it could be – in your living room, their living room, a third living room. It could be at a bar that is created out there. It could be floating in the middle of outer space. You could create the environment which you're in, but you will be able to share information. In that world where we love to do ritual, where we do love to talk, where we love to share things, your message will be extremely important, but you'll be able to create it in a very in-depth way. So 
constantly. So what do you need to know about your message? What is your message? Is it best? Is it audio? Is it best expressed in video? What is your best expression? And and if you want to get out your message, and you should be able to do it very simply. So the first thing you should do is get yourself a Gmail account for your message. And I mean that. And everybody goes, why Gmail or a G account? Because that automatically sets you up to not only do Gmail, but it also sets you up for drive storage, possibly the ability to earn income through uh, Google uh, ads, AdWords, um, AdWords for uh, that, Google Publisher, so that you can have ads put into your site, plus YouTube account. All of these come together under this thing. There's lots of other services. And then you can use that same Gmail to get yourself a Twitter account, an Instagram account. Um, if you don't have a Facebook account, you can get a new Facebook account, and you can begin merging with your company of, of utilizing that one email to gain yourself access to all these platforms. And so that begins the process. And then you decide how you best give out your message, and then you've got to make, make the message. Memes, podcasts, it doesn't matter how you do it. Only that it feels good to you and are willing to put in the energy and the grind into it. Um, surprisingly, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I love podcasts. So this is my uh, getting back into it is this sort of expression. Once you've begun to that and begun to get some numbers and things like that, you can give it. But you should not go ahead and try to monetize your audience immediately. You should build them and give them as much as you can about your message, share your information. There's nothing that you're saying is so valuable is that it has to be hidden. So you can share it. And the more that they get to trust you, because this is about trust, the more that your energy gets to trust your information, that you are meaningful and honest, and if you're funny, talent wins. Today you can distribute. Never before can you distribute as widely as you can today. And so there you go. So you can basically create your message, and you've got to learn the platform that you love to use. But understand that that platform is temporary. The way to kind of think of it, and I love uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, Gary V, says it best, is that you're never really upset when a television show goes on. You see streaming has taken over from television. If you're in the television business, broadcasting business, you know what while there's seven hundred billion dollars seventy billion dollars a year spent on T V commercials, that's going away and slowly but turning into the Facebook world, the streaming world. Today Hulu is out there. Today Hulu was the first to break it. Netflix broke it. Netflix broke Blockbuster. Uh the rental of videos has gone away, but that was a great platform for a while and we utilized that. We used to have videos of all of our classes. And now we have videos of our classes, but the term video is kind of becoming that. And now we're looking to break into streaming. And we do that through Facebook Live. We do that through YouTube Live. We use Caster and Zoom. We use these sort of stacks to create social broadcasting. Social broadcasting is the next thing. And I will be sharing social broadcasting in a future piece. Now, the one thing that I'm accredited for, above all others, is the, is the statement, learn anything, anywhere, anytime. And it came from my early message. Which school is your online magical education, anytime, anywhere, anyplace magical education, where anyone can take any class that we had, anywhere, and anytime? 
And so that, that was a great message that we had. Uh, so we, we, we developed that concept. And so we're really very pleased and very proud of what we've done there. And that is, continues to be the message for us. So find your message, make it as simple as you can to be expressed, then find the platforms that fit for you. Constantly figure out ways to collect your emails. Build an email list. Build it, build it, build it. Find yourself a landing page or a landing site. And then go ahead and find a way to transfer your message out there into the world. And so with that thought, with that energy, I think that is a very important energy. Now, what does that mean in the future? I think Clubhouse is one of those places you can go to. If you're a professional LinkedIn, I mean, there's just so many now. And there's going to be more emerging. Taste them. They're not going to all work. But it's important to get there early. So the last piece of information I'll give you, when you see a new platform emerging that you like to work on, get there quickly. There is definitely a first ad- mover's advantage to doing things. You can, because the way that the Internet works, organic reach comes from these early platforms where there's far more people on there than are producing content. And so your content gets much, much farther, much, much faster. So when you see these new platforms like Clubhouse emerge, Clubhouse has emerged in the last year. I mean, it's been around for a little while, but it has emerged from the last year. Uh, so we can do so. So I have somebody who's actually called in. Hi, who am I talking to? Hey, this is Aaron. Did you have a question or a comment? I, I do, uh-huh. actually. Um, I've been in this uh, in this kind of walk for about, I don't know, about five years or less. Mm-hmm. And um, from the things that I've noticed, well, I'll say five or so years uh, mm-hmm. diligently, and I've noticed that there's people that I've come across in my personal experience, and all they want to do, uh, I mean, they appear to be uh, friendly who are in the same walk, but then mm-hmm. they'll just try to and absorb you and even throw a, a, a chink in your armor. And I don't know if this is like really common, commonplace, but I find myself going through that almost often now. You know what I mean? Sure. So. Let me see if I do. So you're saying that when you, you're on the internet or you, as you walk, uh, as you do your walk, and we try to find your path, but you find all these people who who want to ha- absorb you. What you mean is that they want to bring you into the group and kind of just surround you that, so that you're the member of their their content, their message, their energy, and want you to be inside there. Um, am I getting that? And, yeah, that's very you know, common. Well, well, not necessarily. I mean, there, there, there's people that just mean harm. Oh, More sure. Harm than good. You know oh, what I absolutely. mean? Sure, absolutely. So one of the things about, especially when you see these sorts of um, things, is it's always very easy to try to create 
uh, a message that it brings you you only you value, which I mean. So it means like I'm the center of that message, and I need everybody to pay attention to me. I need everybody to want me, and it's and that they really don't have your best interest at heart. The good news about that generally is that they do burn out fairly quickly. Over the years, I've seen them burn out fairly quickly. But you have to be constantly diligent on on what you absorb. People people wouldn't drink poison. Well, sometimes they do. Right. But uh, but you got to know when you you know when it's you know it's poisonous to you. You've got to stop the message. You have to really be in control of of your emotions and your mindset. And if you want to reach out to people, you've got to let them be themselves. It's really hard. It's one of the hardest things because you want to argue, you want to fuss with them. But yeah, there are a lot of people. There are people out there who want harm or want cash. They want money. They want and they have a hunger inside them that they need to fill. And they, you know, we've always had our con men. We've always had the shams. We've always had it. And the internet has allowed those to get just like everything else exponential. And so you have to be right. you have to be you have to be utilizing it. What you can do if somebody is, uh, is trying to get you across, and if you like the you like what they're doing, they don't tend to try to hold you into position. They make opportunities for you to be to join them or to work with them, or to create with them, or they let out their things. And there are people around them that will say uh, great things, uh, but. They won't try to utilize those manipulative methods. And, and just be honest, you have to be diligent and you have to be smart and you have to be willing to do so. And willing, you have to be willing to say no. I think that's the thing that they prey upon. There's a lot of gaslighters out there. There's a lot of gatekeepers out there. And, yes, you have to be careful. Hmm? Um, yeah. There's a lot of, and more. A lot of, and more. Go ahead. Uh, oh, yeah, more particularly, I see with uh, people who have the ability to do or not have the ability to do readings. Um, some of these individuals have professed, I'm not saying that they're charlatans or not, mm-hmm. but they will literally try to suck and absorb uh try to play a game and some of it is i mean it's it's just completely dangerous and and i feel like you know after reading so many books on spirituality mm-hmm. um uh you know i have this i don't know what to call it like an idea of being in the old world where i can go to the market and go buy a a bottle of uh, tonic for whatever ailment or go see a soothsayer, but not so much anymore. I mean, now things are modernized, for lack of a better word, and, you know, it, I can't meet these people anymore. I mean, I have to really, really, really search through the Internet. And it's kind of almost discouraging at this point, and I've come across, well, and, and, and I don't want to sound uh, uh, malicious or bigoted, but in my personal experience, 
uh, some of the people in the Voodoo community, they were kind of weird. That, I mean, it seemed like they weren't all together psychologically, and it was kind of, like, discouraging. And it's just like, huh, wow. So, And being a man, and being yeah. a man, and a lot of, I've come across personally a lot of uh, ladies who think that a whole gender generally persecuted women for having a particular set of skills, some type of clairvoyance. Mm-hmm. And and in some instances, they're taking it out on us. And so here I am, and I do continue to read. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, uh, and I've also noticed that a lot of people who worship uh, certain deities want you to be their servant as well, or I. So that this is always come across. That's always been uh, true. Now, remember, readers, as in. Readers, as we're talking about clairvoyance, spirituals, utilizing tools or not tools, tarot, bones, not using tools, have always been considered outsiders. They're always considered a bit alien. And so they do build these sort of mechanisms which allow them to function with these sort of very different psychological and spiritual pressures. So it is that... um, I know a lot of Houdans, I know a lot of Houdans, I've seen them over the years. And uh, and yes, they can be strange to my point of view, but then you have to listen to their message. And that's a really important thing, is that they're, if they're being honest or truthful. Certainly there are a lot of readers out there, we, we've heard it over the years, which want to earn the money and, and will give you anything. There's actually a whole system called cold reading. Entertainment, meaning I do parties, right? And a lot of the reading styles I do, somewhat I utilize methods of cold reading. Now I tell you up front, I'm an entertainment reader. I'm here to entertain you, and I have a method of reading that's different. If I want to actually, we want to work on problems, and I never can do that in 15 minutes. Whereas I can read anybody and give you a really entertaining reading for 10 minutes. Um, right. But then, I'm, but but I'm being upfront, saying I'm an entertainment reader. I'm gonna do some things that are going to be there, and I can give a real message. I'm trying to be honest with my message, but I have different methods to cut that noise. The problem is comes in when they utilize that method to try to create a problem. And I do understand that that is a problem in our community, and the only thing you can do is be diligent, get advice from friends. One of the nice things about the Internet is that you can go to people who word of mouth. You've got a lot of ways to find out about a person. So readers and people who who are negative are getting exposed at a faster rate than ever before in history. And so there is methods of doing that and you just find it out and, uh, and, and not be gullible. It's the only way to do it. Just, you know, just keep up your diligence, but you're right. What you're talking about, it does happen out there, but there are a lot of solid readers. And so the way to do it is word of mouth. Do you know anyone out there? Can you see the reviews for them? Search their name and see where they're being at, seeing what what they're doing, and 
That's um, and then you can find out if somebody's being more honest. But it is a difficult world out there. Um, no question. Yeah, it's very complex. Very complex. It, abso- it absolutely is. And so the, over the years, my message is try to help people understand more and more um, to understand and and not for a cost or not for a price because a lot of the stuff that all the content we've been producing for years, like just we just do it. Um, people ask me, oh, do you ever read? I do read for holidays. I read like I read Halloween, but I'm an entertainment reader. So I'm very honest with that. Um, but to do reading is a really high-level skill. I know people who do it really well, and I've seen the ones who have done mm-hmm. it. So Now, the good news is is that there are more – the courts are more sensitive. The places are more sensitive. If somebody tries to treat you fraudulently, you have more avenues. People aren't laughing as much. They're like, okay, and they're able to help with that. But just just diligence. I don't know if there other way to phrase it. There's – I can't give any better advice than, than to be diligent, do your homework, and just be careful. Thank you. You're right. And, uh, and I think – Go ahead. Okay. Please. Well, yeah, I, you know, you're right. Doing the physical work instead of mm-hmm. always trying to use your senses to read people because sometimes some people are far more experienced and they have uh, various cloaks over them. Mm-hmm. to where you can't really see them, but what you're seeing is what they want you to see, so to speak. So I guess doing the actual homework of pen mm-hmm. and paper and actual research would do, uh, would, would actually do the job. I presume and, so. Yeah, it will. And then that's, and, and today pen and paper, uh, some of what, you know, we do have Google. We have this sort of system. People do get reported now. People get yelled at on the Internet all the time. Um, so we have more ways of finding that out. And, and it is very interesting uh, to do so. And, um, oh, and, you yeah. also can be, and you can also be very vocal about it. When you run into problems, you can say, hey, I just ran into this reader. Has anyone run into this problem? And put that message out there on our uh, the law, walls of our electronic caves, for, for a better phrase, um, to do so. But, yeah, it's it's hard. I'm not going to kid you. Uh, uh, yeah, and there's no, I think it's, and there's no uh, simple answers. I, yeah, I think it's supposed to be hard, but not to the – the degree and magnitude that it is to where, for example, everybody on YouTube, you want to get a reading, everybody's trying to, oh, you're going to increase your love life, you're going to get hired, you're going to get a new job, you're going to meet someone, and it's just thousands, thousands oh, of sure. videos. Sure, because people want, you know, people want resources. Now, let me tell you, as as I was a professional reader in more of my youth, and the things that people wanted to know about, they want to know about their love life, they want to know about their job, and they want to know about their family. Very few wanted to know anything else about that. It was very discouraging as a reader that they always wanted that because then I would talk about, oh, you have this opportunity to open a business here. Oh, I don't want to do that. Well, okay, but you have this opportunity. You should pay attention to your opportunities. Or, you know, I'm, I want to get this girl. Well, that girl's not for you, or that guy is not for you, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And you tell them that, and they, they refuse to listen. So it gets into the point where readers just kind of 
feed back. There's a thing when you make that internet connection that you're reflecting back. It's called the mirror method. You're just mirroring what they want, and it's a very effective way to make them feel like they've gotten a good reading because people tend to want to talk about themselves, and they want to hear about themselves, and they want to hear things in a more positive light. And the vast majority of people who get readings want some sort of hope. They want something to, to go out there. In Massachusetts, where the witches are, uh, some of the primary readers say, oh, we are just mercenaries. We're, we're magical mercenaries. And people come to us not as their first resort, but as their last resort. And so they're really... Yeah, well, that's what they... Yeah. And that's funny you say that because that's what they did in their formal practice in Christianity. Well, mm-hmm. if this don't work, or if that don't work, then I'll go to Jesus or I'll go to God or I'll go, you know. Right. So it's kind of like they're the same person in template. It is. And people people want things. So they they want this sort of to feel better. And so it's very easy for even the most talented reader to fall into that, that trap of being a mirror instead of being an oracle, instead of being a spiritual guidance, uh, a spiritual channel, or any number of positive things. And they get into, you know, when they do their readings, that they, they do so. And I think it's a shame that it happens, but... Mm-hmm. But there's a, I, there is no answer for me to give you that says oh they, sh- they shouldn't be doing it. It's just I can tell you the mechanism that happens, and that when you find it happening, you go well thank you for the reading. You know, right now there is you know very little due diligence out there for readings, um, so you can only go to the people that are known, and you can go to them and listen and see if they offer anything. Uh, don't get caught by reader status. So, so the best I tell you, don't get caught up in a reader status, i.e., oh, this is such a great reader. Everybody loves them. But find somebody that, you know, once you find – that's why when people find a good reader and they stick with them for years. Um, my favorite reader out there is a woman by the name of Janet Barris. She's the most honest reader mm-hmm. I know. Uh, and she she loses clients all the time. But she, when she, you 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 match with her, you stay with her for years and years. Um, but yeah, a lot of the YouTubers, a lot of the reader types, especially a lot of the ads, they've learned a long time ago that people, desperate people, will go, reach out desperately and they will take the money from them. So you should never go to a oh, reading, yeah. reading as a desperate person. So. Um, that's about, that's, that's, that's it in a nutshell. I thank you for calling in. Yeah. I appreciate it. You're actually the first caller I've gotten since I began this again. So I really appreciate that. Uh, and well, so. Well, thank you. I'll look for, I'll look for Janet Burris. Is that what you said? Her yeah, name Janet Burris of Chicago. Um. Okay. And another one, if you're looking for it, I'll give another recommendation. Laura Gonzalez and Alan Salmi. Okay. They're all from Chicago. They're the people I know. They're on Facebook. They're pretty open blue. Uh, they're they're the most honest readers I know. Um, there are others out there, but they're they're mm-hmm. fantastic. But what they do is that they're willing. So to, to, what makes a great reader a great reader? Let me offer this: is that they're willing to give okay. you the message no matter what, and even if you bristle at that message or you just don't like what they're saying doesn't mean that they're wrong. And when they make that message, they don't back off of it just to make you happy. 
They're not there to right. make you happy, right? They're there to mm-hmm. make to give you the best information that you're you're paying for. They're trying to bring you value. And there are and other that's messages. what the king always had. That's what the king has had, and a good advisor will do that. Whereas if you go to Salem, Massachusetts right now and go to this Salem Psychic Fair, um, those readers are working very fast, they're very, working very quick, and they're trying to entertain you. Understand that they're trying to entertain mm. you. And so if they tell you something and you bristle, they'll back away and give you some other piece of information. Well, they meet, are meaningful and honest. They're are trying to be honest, most of them. They are still trying to entertain you. So your expectations is always going to start setting at it. And if they try to meet your expectations, it makes it it makes it feel less authentic. So you look for readers that basically are willing to give you a message and they don't necessarily back off that message once they give it to you. Even if you don't and, like and it. And I respect and I respect and appreciate it because a wise man would ask what is going on with economics? What are my strengths and weaknesses? Who are mm-hmm. my enemies? Who are my real friends? Uh, should I take this travel? Is it dangerous or is it not? Uh, what's going to be going on in the world or in my world in such and such days, months, or years? And I feel that, well, not feel, but then I also think that uh Divination is not a joke. It is not a circus. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, a lot of people have uh, used clairvoyance to engage in war and politics and to avoid uh-huh. famines and to see what's going to be going on in the world, how long will their empire last, and what are their ancestors saying, as well as the people of their state. What is, what is, what's going on with them? And there are people that crossed over and any information that we may need. So I, I do respect that, and I thank you for giving me that message. Thank you, and thank you for calling in. Uh, and uh, and, and um, happy hunting. <laughs> yeah, and that it is. It's a hunt nonetheless, but thank you. Let it be. Well, that was that was fascinating, and I think uh, calling in, and uh, hopefully I'll get more of that as we go along. And so I'm going to start to close up here today. Uh, this is the, uh, what I absolutely believe is an important thing: love your message, not your platform, and then utilize those platforms. I think this is it to discover who your audience is, where your message is. Stick to your message. Repeat it over and over again. Learn different ways to give that message out. And never, ever, ever back off a message, your message when, you're, when you know that that is the message you want to give. You can change it. You can alter it. You can say it differently. But once you've got your message, stick to it. And then that will allow you to move from platform to platform to platform and build the audience that you're looking for. And with that, I want to bid you all a fair evening, and we will be back on Sunday with Tea Time with Mother and Crone, one of our favorite shows out there. And we're going to end tonight with We Won't Wait by Gwydion Penderwin. We won't wait any longer.
Fill our ancient ledges 